live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. At 11 minutes after 7, it was nearly five years ago President Trump was in Racine County with then-Governor Scott Walker and others breaking ground on the historic Foxconn development that he called, well, we'll let him tell it. Congratulations on truly one of the eighth wonder. I, I think we can say this is, we can say, the eighth wonder of the world. This is the eighth wonder of the world. And all these years later, we continue to wonder what, if anything, will ever be built east of I-94 in Mount Pleasant. This morning, some potentially huge news for that site. Mark Cass is editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal with us live this morning. Mark, so we've got an agreement here with Microsoft yeah. for a $50 million land purchase. Tell us what they want to build there. Eight. Eighth wonder of the world. Wow, you know I haven't heard I that don't one. Remember that, time, right? That was. Uh, I thought. I mean, I thought that was you, Vinny. I thought. I thought it was you. Was the, you know, <laughs> I do not claim that statement. Wonder of the world. Uh, but no, this is a big deal. This is you know this is kind of what we've talked about over the past year. As things have clearly not worked out with Foxconn, but all the land, all the all the work that was kind of happened there with the water and the shoe and the roads made that site ready to go for somebody else, and clearly for. A large development. So here you have a huge company with 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 Microsoft, who's looking to do a huge huge facility there, and operate on land. You know, over 300 acres would be in use, and hopefully will draw others in the future. Because kind of how this works is, as we've seen along I-94, I mean, really from the state line up to the site, as you've seen Haribo, you've seen Eline, you've seen Amazon. They've all kind of happened there, so they all kind of. I mean, really draw each other. So this is a, this is a big step forward. It's not anywhere near what was what was obviously offered at first. Yet I think it's going to happen over time. Well, and that's the thing, Mark. Microsoft is not Foxconn, but everyone Correct. in the state feels like like we've seen this movie before. Big tech development coming to Racine County. Yep. So how do we know that it has a better chance of ending the right way this time? You know, I think there's going to be skepticism, and I don't blame anybody for having that skepticism. But you're talking about a company that has a track record. Like, in America, right, with lots of jobs, lots of growth, lots of development, things happening against a company who was obviously from overseas, who didn't have that track record here, who has seen the market change for them. So I don't, I don't think anybody can call um, call this company a fly by night or somebody who's made a lot of promises that hasn't happened. So I mean, I think you have to play it out. I think they have to learn from what happened with the Foxconn, and I think they've done it here. You know, in terms of what's being offered so far from the locals, is not that much in terms of. $5 million each year for foreign, foreign incentives. Again, it have to be earned. We'll be curious, Vince, to see is what the state's going to put in. They've not said yet what the state's going to help with this project, how much that is, and kind of what the requirements are. Because as, as, as much as everyone criticizes what went on with Foxconn, you know, which, which ought to be criticized, people have to remember that not, not all that money was paid out to the company. They had to earn it, and they've earned some, not much. So I think, I think a lot of lessons were learned from that situation. Mark Cass, editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal. Uh, one more thing for you, Mark, as long as I got you. What about Foxconn? There are some yeah. things, some activity there. There's yeah. been talk of other possible investments. What, right. what are you seeing for a potential with Foxconn, at least making good on some of the promises? Right. I mean, I think, I think everybody criticizes them, and, I, and obviously I can't argue with that. But, you know, there's over 1,200 jobs that are going on down there. They're obviously paying money to these employees they're paying money to the city they're they're doing things nowhere at the level kind of what was offered and what was what was supposed to happen but things are going there i think over time you'll see that slowly expand but i think vince more so 
you'll see other companies looking at it because as I said before, the land is ready and the, you know, with the water, the sewer and the roads in, you, it's hard to find large tracts of land anywhere in the country that's infrastructure ready. So we came in second on Intel, which was about a year ago, but here they came in first with this company. You know, who's next? So I think this, I think you're going to see these things roll out not every month, maybe hopefully every year or two, you'll see that happen because, as I said, as you come north of Illinois, there's just tremendous growth because of the infrastructure and having I-94 expanded right in that area. Mark Cass is editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal. Appreciate it, Mark. Thank you. Always good to talk to you, buddy. You have a great day. You too, pal. Sports is sponsored by Holiday Automotive at Highway 23 in Fond du Lac. Holiday Automotive, it's worth the trip, and it's next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. No Giannis, no Drew, and with only eight regular season games remaining, the Bucks were back on the road Monday night, needing a big win to keep pace in the Eastern Conference, and they look to get some hot shooting in the fourth quarter to get him there. A head fake from Carter, and Carter drills another three. Something about this Detroit Pistons team brings out the best in the Bulldog. A 14-2 run, and Javon Carter has hit three of three from distance here in the fourth. Dave Kane on the call right here on WTMJ. Carter would knock down six total three-pointers, and Chris Middleton added a season-high 34 points, and the Bucks would walk out victorious over Detroit by a final score of 126-117. to After the game, head coach Mike Budenholzer on what the difference was in the second half for his team to secure their 54th win of the season. Bobby got one for two free throws that, you know, you know, he got rewarded for his effort. The play between Jay and, and, uh, and PC, you know, kind of that both making effort hustle plays. I think Jay ends up with a little turnaround and, you know, Brooke, just his size and um, ability to go back and get sometimes his own miss, others misses. Uh, I thought his size just was, was a big impact on the game in the second half and the offense boards. With the win, the Bucks now have a two-game lead over the Boston Celtics for the number one seed in the East. Conference and are back at it Wednesday night to visit Indiana. Over to the Diamond, where the Brewers made some roster moves on Monday, one of which included telling their top infield prospect he's heading to Chicago for opening day. So you left us with a tough decision. I told you that yesterday, man. You gave us a tough, tough call, and um, you know they they always tell me when you're going to deliver bad news, just spit it out. Mm-hmm. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to option you to Chicago. No bad news what? there. As <laughs> manager. Come on, Skipper. There's some acting skills here. Right. What are you Council. saying is you yeah. made the team. We'll, talk to, him. we'll talk to him about that. To Chicago. Uh, that was manager Craig Council there informing. I'm like, not funny, man. Yeah, I've been like, what? wait, what's happening? What's going on? Uh, manager Craig Council there informing Bryce Terrain. He made the opening day roster. Terrain then spoke to reporters following that meeting with his skipper and what his goal was coming in to spring training. I just, I wanted to come out here and compete. And if I did go down and it was their hardest decision, um, I just wanted to uh, play as good as I can, show them that I'm ready and and uh, they honored it. And now I continue to move forward and, and continue to show them that I'm gonna work hard and try to win as many games as I can for them. Some other roster moves for the Brew Crew utility man and local guy Owen Miller and right-hand pitcher Gus Varland both have made the team. It is Varland's first MLB roster assignment, and Keston Hira has officially 
been designated for assignment. As for things on the field, the Brewers are back in Cactus League play and drop their second-to-last spring training game Monday against the Colorado Rockies by a final score of 12-8. to Eric Lauer did get the start, going four innings, allowing five earned runs, and striking out four. The Brewers are back at it today as they get set to take on the same Colorado Rockies. First pitch is set for 2 p.m. 7.20 on Wisconsin's Morning News. We'll talk live with Storm Team 4 meteorologist Marissa Wallison about the wet weather ahead. That's next. I'm singing in the rain, just singing in the rain. What a glorious feeling. I feel bad because we have Marissa on and she has to bear the brunt of my complaints. <laughs> it's not your fault. I know you're the messenger. But I said, what was it, a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, okay, fine. Winter was what it was, but I cannot have a soggy spring, and we are not not off to a great start, Marissa. I'm, no, we're definitely not. We obviously uh, not only had rain, but we had a lot of snow this past weekend for the official weekend, first weekend of spring, and I'm tracking another big storm system later this week. Yeah, so let's t- talk about that. Morning snow tomorrow, is that any sort of big deal or no? Yes, it is only the fact that uh, the timing of it. So this front's going to swing through, uh, be here in our northern counties around about 4 a.m. And it'll be out of here by about 9 a.m. farther to the south. The problem is, is even though it's only going to be a short bit of snow, you know, about maybe an hour, we could pick up an inch of snow in that hour. So because it's happening during the morning commute and we could be looking at a quick burst, it could lead to some slick conditions. So honestly, just don't count it out. Thankfully, our snowfall totals won't be a lot, but we could see some impacts for the morning commute tomorrow. Well, and we've seen this with the big snow that we just had. The sun is really warm this time of year. So even when your air temperature isn't great, if we can bring the sun out, you get some pretty significant melting. Yes, yeah. And unfortunately, we've had we've had a lot of melting, which has been great during the days. Um, and But we've had some refreezing issues. We had it yesterday morning for sure, maybe a couple spots this morning. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow's high, though, is only going to be 36, even though we will clear out in the afternoon. So even if you do get that quick inch, it will melt. You won't have to shovel tomorrow. Um, and then the next storm system that comes in is a lot bigger, Thursday through Saturday. Maybe some snow, but I'm more concerned about the rain with that system and the potential for maybe severe thunderstorms on Friday. The bigger chance for that will be just to our south. Uh, but we could be talking uh, heavy amounts of rain through the area and then also, of course, some thunderstorms, even if they aren't severe. Something to watch for Friday. Talking with Storm Team 4 meteorologist Marissa Wallace. And what got me there in your last statement was Thursday through Saturday. Like, we're just going yep. to rain and snow, like, constantly? Or are we getting some breaks in this thing? Uh, well, there'll be minor breaks, oh. honestly. I think we, we're going to see quite a bit. I mean, the biggest, the best chance for a break will be Thursday night or in the very early morning hours on Friday when no one will really notice that we're getting a break um but that's about it yeah it's going to be a thursday through saturday system and pretty consistent with the rain all the time hey one more thing for you on the national scale these uh, severe storms and a tornado outbreak in the southeast and i think they've uh, got the chance for some more strong storms today what we forget here in wisconsin mm-hmm. sometimes as we get into march you know like our severe weather season is later than it is for tornado alley or even in the southeast but they're on the front end of it right now right yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it's all about the transition season when you get the warm, moist air coming in from the Gulf of Mexico and then some colder air coming in from the north because they're farther to the south. They're seeing that battle sooner. And then as the temperatures, you know, get warmer here for us and we would get a cold push of air, uh, we could see severe weather. But that usually happens later for us just because we're not really to that warm part just yet. But yeah, it's very unfortunate um, with all that stuff coming out uh, from the southeast. And they are looking at more chances, like you mentioned later today, but then also even with the storm system that we're going to 
Tennessee uh, Thursday into Saturday, they have a better chance for that severe weather right in the middle there on Friday. No, I'm cutting it real close for you. I know you got to do TV. <laughs> Thanks, Marissa. Yes, bye. If you want to see something funny, turn on Channel 4 right now because you're going to see Marissa run into the shot for her live cut in here coming up in just minutes. The Brewers' final spring training game is today in Arizona. Games that count begin Thursday in Chicago, then opening day at American Family Field coming up on April 3rd. The weather actually looks decent for Wrigley Field for our season opener on Thursday afternoon. Right, Mike, you were checking the weather there at Wrigley. It actually looked like temperatures maybe in the 50s. 49, okay. so, you know, a couple of degrees above. We'll, we'll be in the 50s. At this point, right, you, you can do anything but rain. Even, even a few snow flurries you can handle. If you have to. Nothing like some snow baseball, you know, right? right? No, the, just, it brings spring right to your doorstep. Not good. Don't like it. Don't want it. And as far as the broadcast time for the home opener at American Family Field, that's going to be 1235 on Monday. 110 is the first pitch when the Brewers come back home for a homestand to really. Uh, so we, we got the short series, three in Chicago, and then a long homestand that will go into the weekend for the Brewers. We're going to find out whether the Brewers are actually any better this year than they were last. Dominic Catronio. You heard him for a long time doing sports here with us on Wisconsin's Morning News. He's been at spring training. He's watching the team. He's at all the news conferences, talking with the players and the coaching staff. So he joins us for Brewers 360 coming up next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. No Giannis, no Drew, no problem for the Milwaukee Bucks as they travel into Detroit and leave the Motor City with a big road win. Winning 126 to 117, Chris Middleton scored a season high 34 points, and the Bucks now have a two-game lead for the top spot in the Eastern Conference. Host of Brewers Extra Innings, Dominic Catronio is our guest on Brewers 360 this morning. Great to talk to you, Dom. Not a lot of room here as uh, the Brewers wrap up spring training today with their last game. You got the Wednesday in between. And then we've got an afternooner at Wrigley Field on Thursday. Not a lot of room for transition here. Yeah, just planes, trains, and automobiles. Let's get to <laughs> playing the real game right. now. It's, it's go time. So what is that middle Wednesday? Well, I mean, just imagine the chaos, particularly for guys who maybe didn't even know they were going to make the squad. And I want to talk to you about that news here in a minute. But, you know, you got your final roster coming here. And then, like, one day to go back to Milwaukee, get settled, and then you're on the road right away in Chicago. Yeah, it's kind of odd because, you know, you'll see a lot of teams like play an exhibition or, you know, have some little more time at their home city. Whereas the Brewers, what what they're doing today is they'll play a noon game today, or at least noon Arizona time, so 2 o'clock back home, uh, and then basically go straight from the end of that game to the airport. Uh, they're all packed up and ready to go and then fly home, hopefully, you know, in your bed by 9 o'clock tonight. Uh, and then, you know, they're going to have a little workout at the field tomorrow afternoon, they're going to, you know, get all together again, and, you know, you're right back in a suitcase and drive on down to Wrigley. They'll bus on down there Wednesday night, and then it's go time. You know, we're playing ball in the cold on Thursday and over the weekend, and then we'll be right back home finally for some normalcy coming up uh, next Monday. We're talking with the host of Brewers Extra Innings, Dominic Catronio. He's at Brewers Spring Training. So, okay, uh, big news on Monday. A uh, bunch of guys who made the squad and at least one notable name who didn't, Dom. Yeah, so Keston here is the notable that didn't. Keston here uh, has been officially designated for assignment, a.k.a. cut. There is still a chance he goes to AAA, but I imagine somebody 
is going to be picking him up and trying to get him on their team. But as for the good stuff, uh, top one of the top prospects in the organization, a former first-round pick, Bryce Terang, has made the team. He is expected to play second base. We don't know if he's going to start opening day or not yet, but Bryce Terang is a slick, slick infielder, left-handed bat. They're very excited about him, only 23 years old. So really excited to see him. Luke Voigt will be the backup first baseman. There's a discourse about him this past weekend about his contract and his automatic deal and all that, but he is officially a brewer. He'll be backing up Rowdy Telez. Also, Gus Varland is going to be a key piece in the bullpen. Varland was selected out of the Rule 5 draft, which is a way to pluck prospects from other teams, and they stole them from the Dodgers. So you know they're on to something there. <laughs> Gus Varland's going to be a big piece of this bullpen moving forward. So, And there's one more position battle between the Fredonia kid, Owen Miller, and another top prospect, Joey Weimer, for that last roster spot. How about the team overall, Dom? I mean, the conventional wisdom coming out of last season was, man, our pitching was so good. If we could just get a few more bats or get the bats that we have to be a little bit more productive, what did you see in spring training that might indicate we're on that track? I think the thing that this team's going to be very different from last year's team is last year's team was so reliant on the home run ball. You know, they were third in the National League in homers. There are still homers on this roster, don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of other ways they can score on this roster. There's a lot of speed. There's a lot more contact as well. And Craig Council said as such yesterday with us to the media saying, look, I think one through nine, there are nine different types of hitters in this order. And maybe in last year, it wasn't quite like that. So they're very excited about maybe bringing back some of the small ball. We know about the new rules and getting guys trying to steal more bases. They certainly have Bryce Terang is a candidate for that. Garrett Mitchell is a candidate for that. And this is going to be a new brand of baseball, I think, for the Brewers. It should be a lot of fun to see them scoring runs because we know the pitching staff is going to show up. Host of Brewers Extra Innings, Dominic Catronio. Looking forward to having the crew and you back here in Milwaukee, my friend. Great to hear from you, my friend. See you guys soon. Idea Man. When Brett Favre came back in 08, Innovator. which Aaron Rodgers could hate, this could be the first offseason in a while. He decides in April, you know what, guys? You're not going to trade me. I'm coming to Lampo. I'm going to start working out with the team. And Packers Hall of Famer. It will be Circus City, USA. It's time for Tausch. Mark Tauscher on Wisconsin's Morning News. Presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and Kohler Services. Mark Tauscher on Wisconsin's Morning News. Sponsored by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and Kohler Services. So, Tausch, back in the day, if Ted Thompson wanted to reach you, did your boss have your phone number? I mean, yes. Like, <laughs> yes. Right? So I'm playing off of what we've learned from Packers general manager Brian Gutekunst, who uh, had his first meeting post Aaron Rodgers' comments with uh, members of the media, if you will. And Goody's like, hey, I tried to call my man, and we couldn't get in touch with him. I find that amazing. Uh, yeah, th- you know, the more I've thought about this, and obviously we've been, you know, there's been banter back and forth on the Aaron Rodgers relationship with Goody and with the Packers organization. And I, I really think that since the Packers released Jordy Nelson back, what was it, 2018, one of Goody's moves we brought in Jimmy Graham, I think that has set this on a track to being really dysfunctional. And I don't think we all realized how dysfunctional this was until we heard what Goody had to say. And the fact that this is like high school, Harry, as Mike McCarthy used to say, this is some Harry high school blank. (laughs) Because 
I can't get a hold of my star. You don't make all these decisions, and, and I don't think this is the case. I think that the Packers and Brian Gutekunst, after the season, had made their minds up they were going to move on to Jordan Love. I, I, I don't think all of this other stuff, had he answered the phone, he'd be back. You're not making decisions based on the fact that somebody didn't pick up a phone call. And uh, from Aaron's standpoint, you have to understand that there was a timeline. Now, in fairness, they were saying the entire time, we're going to give you your time to figure out your process. That doesn't mean we're going to keep you, but we're going to give you your time. So, again, we, we hear Aaron talking about wanting direct communication. And when things go south, Someone needs to step up and kind of be the adult in the room. And I think in this case, both parties. I know everybody is going to come at Aaron, and Aaron is at fault on a lot of this. But both parties did a god-awful job of communicating and just letting them know, being adults, and saying, you know what, I want to move forward with Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers saying, well, I want to keep playing. Let's work this out. Instead, there was passive aggressiveness. There's not answering phone calls. They're saying, I'm calling you a bunch. Nobody's doing it. Uh, figure it out. And I think from a Packer fan standpoint, you sh I know I'm super irritated now understanding the depth of how bad that relationship was to allow last year to play out the way it did and the opportunity missed by both the organization and Aaron Rodgers Shame on everybody involved. It just is a bad look for everybody. There's not one loser in this. Everybody loses in that. Hey, does this filter out through the league, Tausch? Would you have concerns with other players, potential free agents, or guys who may or may not want to sign with us saying, like, I don't know, I don't, I don't like how that whole thing played out. I have questions about the management there. I mean, and we're talking about guys who get to call their shot, who maybe have multiple right. options, and for whom it may, maybe isn't entirely about the money. Well, I, I mean, obviously, you always are going to look at how players are treated. And I just, there was the big NFLPA put out uh, a report on how every team does, whether it's treatment of families, facilities, food, everything else. And the Packers. Packers, nobody is going to say anything that the Packers don't do a great job in a lot of those fronts. But from the standpoint of how Aaron is going to talk and, and move forward, obviously he is not happy with how he views the way the Packers treat veteran players, how he has been treated now. You know, whether or not you want to agree with that, that's up to you. But, yeah, I, I think in the grand scheme, for for most players, it always is going to come down to money. Uh there's all Green Bay was always up against it when it came to nightlife and if you're interested in the social part. But for guys that just want to play football and love playing, once you get guys to Green Bay, Charles Woodson didn't want to come to Green Bay. Charles Woodson came to Green Bay, found out about the the whole environment and the winning and the history, and he loved playing in Green Bay. So there are going to be some ripples, but I think for the vast majority and for the most part, Green Bay is still going to be able to get players to come as long as they're paying the market rate for them. Well, I think piggybacking off of that, what you see with Charles Woodson, what you saw with Reggie White even back in the day was when, when players become like actual adults and some of that other crap doesn't matter as much, maybe they got a family, going to Green Bay becomes yep. a, an entirely different prospect, hey? Yeah, it's actually a big positive right. because your distraction level's down, you're going to stay out of probably more trouble than you would in other spots, <laughs> and you're going to, you really do get that college feel from a team standpoint, which talking to other guys that have been in 
Miami and, and some of the other cities, you don't. There's more. It's more spread out. So that part of this is always good. But I, I think the Packers, they're going to come out of this, and you're starting to already see a lot of uh, reports on bashing Rodgers. I think it's going to be in everybody's best interest. Get this thing done and move on with your lives. I don't think continuing to bury Rodgers with leaked stories is going to be good for anyone involved, including the Green Bay Packers. Or me, the fan. I don't need to see it either. You know what? Mom and dad are having a fight. Go ahead and break up and just do what's right for the yeah, family. This, yeah, unfortunately for, <laughs> you know, for us that have not went through divorces, this is probably what that looks like. And you hope everybody can be amicable and you do the best for the kids slash fan base. I got a feeling that this has still got some ugliness left in it, and I don't think anybody wins in those scenarios. And you know who usually ends up losing the most? It is the fans. Mark Tauscher with us every morning at 10 to 8. Thanks, Tauscher. We'll talk again tomorrow. You got it, guys.